I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 158. Want to learn from the top 5% of mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. It's Scott Peckford here from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Sarah McComet. I met Sarah at a conference a couple of months ago, and she just kind of seemed pretty chill and when I started chatting with her, I find out she's one of the top producing brokers at DLC. She owns one of the largest DLC franchises in the country, and she's like not even that old. I'm like, holy crap. She's only been in the business for 10 years, had no background in the mortgage industry, didn't come from a bank background or anything, and has just literally exploded on the scene. She's a woman on a mission. The thing I found about talking to her, she's incredibly focused, and I felt honestly like she's somebody who has two or three more gears than me, and I found her story very inspiring. One of the quotes that she mentioned to me was her grandmother always told her, if you don't risk, you don't drink champagne. And I think it's a great reminder that we have to get out there. We have to take risks to make things happen. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Sarah. This show is sponsored by ClientCaller.com. After 150 plus interviews, I can tell you with absolute certainty, one of the most effective ways to increase your business is to consistently call your past clients. The key word being consistently. I can also tell you that most brokers, myself included, struggle with this because we get way too busy working in their business. Client Caller is an amazing service where a professional calling assistant calls your past clients for you. The cool thing is they use your phone number, the caller ID, and you use your voice in the voicemail, and the callers look like they're sitting in your office. However, all the callers are located in Canada, and they love talking on the phone. The feedback has been amazing. You can check out testimonials from real brokers just like you at clientcaller.com. And if you're interested in getting on this service, just check out clientcaller.com and tell them you heard about it on the podcast. This episode is also sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Now, normally when we have a sponsor for the show, it's because I personally use their product or service and I can give it my 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I don't personally do B deals. So I decided to do some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West. I found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth, and underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for in a private lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they're really fast. In most cases, they can give you a decision in two hours or less. If your broker is looking for a lender for your B deal in BC, Alberta, check out Pioneer West and tell them you heard about I Love Mortgage Brokering. They have been huge supporters of our community. Check them out at PioneerWest.com. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you very much for having me. Very excited to do this. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your business. Um, so I basically own a, a Dominion Landing Center's office here in Ontario, predominantly southern Ontario. We've got a number of offices starting from downtown Toronto to Mississauga, Stony Creek, and Guelph. And very excited about our team and um, the people we get to work with every day. So we connected at a conference, and I was chatting with you about your business, and I'm like, I could not believe how quickly you came into the mortgage industry and built a, a successful brokerage in Southern Ontario. So how did you get into the mortgage space? Because most people in kindergarten don't say, hey, when I grow up, I want to be, you know, I want to be a mortgage broker who owns a mortgage company with, you know, that does a billion dollars in production. So like, how did you get here? To be honest with you, it was truly by coincidence. Um, I used to work on Bay Street. And to be honest, you just knew that I wasn't meant for the corporate world. And so I started looking for something outside. I kind of started to understand my only way to employment is self-employment. And a friend of mine actually said to me, um, have you considered becoming a mortgage broker? And I was like, mortgage broker? What do they do? Like, to be honest, I had no idea what mortgage broker does. 
And she just said to me, well, I know a lady who owns a small boutique mortgage brokerage. She's got a team of like 10 people. Why don't you give her a call and inquire about it? And that's what I did. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I mean, I think I can do something like that. And to be honest with you, the rest is history. I got my broker, my agent license to travel with. Two years later, my broker license opened a brokerage. And, you know, 100 people later, 10 years later, it has been an incredible journey. I mean, I met a number of amazing people and, you know, never looked back. And, and I don't wish for anything but, you know, to go forward. Okay, but that, that's an unusual path from... A lot of the people that I've met anyway that have large brokerages started in the bank world, they move over to brokering. A lot of their people, their network comes with them. But you came from Bay Street, and I assume you, if you didn't know what a mortgage broker was, I would assume you didn't have a big network. I had no network whatsoever, so I had no network whatsoever. But I would say that I am great at marketing and um, just, you know, like people skills, right? So I'm very good at connecting with people and building relationships, and that's really what our business is all about, Right. 90% of our business is building relationships, going out there and marketing ourselves. And that's truly what I spent the first three years of doing is just doing that. And I mean, I did work, you know, 12 hours, seven days a week. But because I was meeting a lot of interesting people, I didn't feel that it was a lot of, you know, work. And I, I just enjoy what I was doing, right? So that's probably what, you know, helped me become successful so quickly. And then also just enjoy along the way what I was doing, right? So how do you go from you get hired to this boutique mortgage office. Most people who become mortgage brokers just stay being a mortgage broker. At what point did you realize, hey, wait a second, I have a bigger dream or a bigger vision? Did Was that intentional or was that by accident how, or by design? Uh, do you know what, to be honest, you be, when I became an agent, a number of people started to notice that I was like a star agent. I was doing really well, uh, having very high production, and people started to ask me, like, can I come and train with you? Would you consider having a team, Sarah? And at the beginning, I was like, a team? I mean, I know, I was just, I'm doing stuff on my own, making money. But I said, sure, you know what, I have no problem training you. And people who started with me 10 years ago are still with me today 10 years later, which is quite incredible. But that's really how it started. And then, you know, I just said to myself, well, I probably should look at opening a brokerage because if I'm having a team and I'm basically training, and I'm pretty ambitious and incredibly driven, very focused individual, so I just knew that I either go big or go home, and I said I'd rather go big. And so the next thing you know, I was – you know, speaking to Gary and Chris and opening my own brokerage. So, okay, how did you get that initial traction? So, Bay, what did you do in Bay Street? Was it something in Bay Street that helped you get traction as a mortgage broker, or was it just your driving personality? And Just driving personality, because I work in an investment firm, right? So, but it was just probably perseverance, just working hard, and just, I tell people when they join our office as well, like 90% of your time, probably the beginning, 100% of your time, should be just you know, going and meeting people. Like, literally, that's what your business is all about. The more connections you make, uh, the stronger the relationships, the better your business will be, right? So I tell people, if you sit in the office, unless it's a real estate office, there is really no business for you. And quite often, even real estate offices, most of the realtors are on the road doing showings, doing things. They're not in the office because they themselves are looking to generate leads, right? Mm -hmm. So I just said, you know, like, I've, I've interviewed a number of people who were successful in the space and said, what are you doing? And they would say, well, I take realtors for lunch. I do open houses. You know, I do this, I do this, I do seminars. And I said, okay. So I rolled out the, like basically a marketing campaign of I'm going to be doing seminars. I'm going to be taking, you know, financial planners, realtors, you know, accountant, bookkeepers for lunch. I'm going to be getting uh, involved with people who are, you know, already influencers in certain fields because they have bigger networks. 
um, and see how I can help them and I can, how I can leverage already their relationships, right? And that's more or less what I've done. Like I have a PR background. I, I did my, degree, my sort of graduate degree in public relations, and I understood, you know, sort of what it takes when I was doing, you know, and we've had a lot of practical experience, and I said, like, I really can do this. I mean, I think anybody truly can, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you're willing to go out there and meet people. Like, that's the business we're in. Like, if you're not interested in doing that, it'd be very difficult to build relationships, right? Right. Basically, you started as a mortgage agent. You said, hey, you talked to some top people. What are you doing? They told you. Then you did what most people don't do. You actually went and did it because a lot of times people hear it and they don't do it. They said, hey, I'm doing lunch and learns. I'm doing, you know, taking realtors and finance planners at lunch. So you started doing that. So how long did it take for you to start to get traction in your first years in the broker business? I got my first deal within like the first three months. And then afterwards, I was fortunate enough. I was pretty much generating, you know, a deal or two every month. So Mm -hmm. it was quite unusual, right, for somebody new in the business. That was my first year. And then my second year went to like three, four, five deals per month. And then the rest of it was pretty much history, right? You've been running ever since. Okay, that's awesome. So I'm going to come back a little bit to the business structure, but before we dive into the rest of that, can you? I love quotes. Can you share a quote that's really had an impact on your life or business? Um, my favorite quote that I've always sort of cited to my agents is, "It's always impossible until it's done." And you know, whenever somebody says to me like, "Sarah, this sounds crazy," and I come up with all kinds of ideas, and I'd be like, "Yeah, it's impossible until it's done. So let's figure out how we can do it, right?" And uh, that's been the motto of my life, and seems to serve me well. Can you think of an example recently where you you applied that philosophy, or anytime, anyways? Any, like, is there an example that you can think of where you're like, "Hey, people are like, ah, you can't do that, Sarah. Or, that sounds crazy." And then you know, six months or a year later, you're like, "No, oh, we did it." Yeah, yeah. I mean, like specifically top of my head, I don't know if I can think of something, but you know, I mean, I don't know. Like you know, I was being doing a billion in mortgages, so there was a point when I remember speaking to Chad Gregory at DLC, and I said to them, you know, they're going to be a tie where I'll do a billion in mortgages, and people were like, that's you know, like going to take you 20 years to get there. And I said, oh no, it won't take me 20 years to get there. I'll get there way sooner, right? And if you look at it overall, I'm pretty much here, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, there are different things, and and I find that now it's becoming like. People who are around me, people who know me, they always said, oh, I, I know, Sarah, it's just a matter of you figuring out how to get it done. So people don't really see that anymore as we cannot get it done. But the mindset of people surrounding me right now is, let's figure it out how we get it done, right? Right. So really the mindset, I think, changed uh, in my environment. And perhaps I surround myself with people who think more like me that, you know, what? how do we figure it out? How do we get it done? What do we need to get it done, right? It's just a matter of dissecting it, putting it, you know, uh, having a process and then basically next thing you know is you know you've got a, a, a star business right right that idea that has been accomplished or whatever else and and then i'm a risk taker too you know I, I grew up in a household where my grandmother used to say if you don't risk you don't drink champagne so i you know i like champagne so i said you know i, I better have I, um, I that means i have to take risks because you know I, i'd like to drink champagne more often than i can and uh, you know to celebrate i guess accomplishments and winnings and whatever else and, and not only mine but you know people in our in our team um, people around me and so you know I, I think being a risk taker and then being probably a go-getter from that standpoint I think those are things that probably you know you know brought me to this point today right that's awesome so if you don't risk you don't drink champagne that's uh, I've never yeah, heard that before it. my grandmother always jokes and you know, when I speak to her, she always says that and I'm like yeah you know it seems to serve me well so uh, basically, you you did the initial couple of years where you're doing your own business. You had people asked to join you. You set up your own brokerage to go from a handful of people that are like your friends to a hundred brokers. There's quite a bit of steps in the, in that process. So how did you do that? To be honest with you, so 
when I basically decided to train people, I think key for us was to hire people who can actually look after the agents, right? So I knew that I have a book of business and I do have an underwriter, sort of my personal structure. I guess I'd tell a little bit about that. So I do have a full-time underwriter and I also have a fulfillment person. So my personal book of business is being managed by this group of, you know, by this team, right? And then I said, okay, if I wanted to have a brokerage, so I almost separated the two businesses and said, now if I wanted to build a brokerage and have, you know, a large team, I myself personally not able to do this. So I definitely know that I need to have people who would help me with that. And so I am great at recruiting people. I'm great at talking to people, you know, building a team. But I just knew that if I'm doing that and I'm on the road bringing people in, I need somebody who can basically be able to deliver and look after the agents. And so I went on and I actually found a person and I hired a person. And that person has been with me now for probably five years plus. And he would be the person who actually started to train the agent. And believe it or not, our biggest, you know, our team and how we grew and everything else came from our own agents. They just, you know, they are in the industry. They are talking to lenders, people, BDMs, and, and a number of BDMs are referred to us. But our own agents are our biggest promoters, our biggest recruiters. Mm-hmm. So because we build support for them and we build a team that helps them, um, you know, we do weekly payroll and compliance. And, you know, we do, you know, all kinds of events throughout the year where, you know, it's fun, it's interesting, it's, you know, exciting, and people really enjoy that. So they kind of feel that there is a culture where they love to be and they want it to be a part of. And so they started referring people to us. And then the next thing and I said to my brokers, because I have a bunch of people in my office who are licensed brokers, you know, you should guys look into building your own teams. And so a number of those people decided to take it as a challenge and said, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. So they actually started building teams. And probably by doing those, the combination of those, you know, that's really what made us and brought us, you know, where we are today, to be honest with you. So it just worked out really well. Okay. So also one of the things I've noticed talking to successful mortgage brokers, business owners, is that failure is something that happens. But looking back, there's always a lesson in it. Can you share something you failed at and then the lesson that you picked up from it? Uh, something that I've failed. And, and you know what, the biggest failure that I had probably been in the corporate world, because when I got, and I worked for a Bay Street law firm, I worked for a Bay Street investment firm. And um, I just knew I wasn't man for corporate world. Like it was just one of those things, you know, when you get in the car or, you know, go train, to be honest, going downtown, I see all these people in suits and I sit and, you know, see everybody's reading the Globe and Mail, National Post or whatever else. And I was like, oh my God, this is definitely not me. I got to get out of here. And I just said to myself, you know, my only employ- way to employment is self-employment. So I got to figure out the way to, you know, make a living by myself and hire other people. And that has been the biggest failure. I think that has that worked out to be the biggest, you know, benefit, I guess, that, you know, just not knowing that I am not meant for the corporate world. And I really got to figure out how to make a living because, you know, I like nice things and I like great life. But I said, I really need to figure out how I make a living, right? Right. You seem to have a high degree of self-awareness. I mean, the fact that you were aware that, hey, even though I'm sure they would have paid you well, not like what you get paid doing what you're doing, but they would have paid you well and stuff in the corporate world. You're like, hey, this isn't for me. And you had the self-awareness at one point to say, hey, if I'm going to build a brokerage, I'm going to need, I can't do all this myself. I've talked to other mortgage brokers who are successful agents and they're good at getting business and they go, oh, well, I should be able to go find 40, 50 people, you know, but it's a totally different business. And I, I liken it to flying two different planes. It's like you can't fly both. And so you've, you had the awareness to be, I got to get a pilot for that plane so that it doesn't crash while I'm do, trying to do, you know, build this other business. 
Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's part of it is I could, you know, I, I honestly cannot take credit for all of this. It's really asking people and observing and seeing what other people are doing. And like, if somebody says to me, "This is what I'm doing, and this is what's successful," then I'm one of those people that will actually listen and say, "Yeah, I probably should, you know, take that into account because those people have been in the business, you know, for way longer than I have, and they seem to be quite successful in it. And instead of me reinventing the wheel, I might want to just, you know, keep it, but maybe improve on it, right? Right, right. Instead of changing it and you know creating everything by myself. So, to be honest with you, I just find that. You know, I, I I always learn from people who have done this and who are successful at it, and then just doing a lot of probably self-development on myself and and telling my team this is you know and showing my team and bringing people to do the same. It, you know, listen to people who have done it who are successful at it, and then also just you know look for other industries and what work in there. So I mean, not necessarily be I industry, but let's say real estate or financial planning or accounting or you know industries that are sort of related to us. And sometimes not related in any way, but like, what are people doing there that we can actually bring into our industry that will make us successful, right? So I'm constantly learning. Like I'm a, you know, a learnaholic, I would say. So I'm constantly learning, asking people, and and trying to figure out what makes the most sense, right? I like to try to do the same thing. I find a lot of the best ideas actually come from outside our industry. So can you think of anything? I know I'm kind of just throwing this at you, but can you think of anything that you picked up outside our industry that you're like, hey, this could really work well in my business, and that you applied? You know what? A bunch of things. Top of my head again, I cannot think about it because sometimes you know it's like when you ask the question, like you know, when I probably finish the call with you, I'll have something. But um, I know I, I constantly because I belong to so many networks and so many different groups and so many mastermind groups, and most of the people are not from my industry, and that's what I like about it—that I actually have ability to learn from them versus just you know sort of um, learn from basically people in my industry, right? So it's a good thing to learn from people in my industry, but I prefer to also have a lot of exposure to people in, in other industries. But a bunch of things, oh my gosh, like a bunch of things I've adopted. it, And it's a system. That's what I've learned. If I set up a system and this system in my business is successful, I know I can take this system and, you know, open a real estate office, open a financial planning office or insurance office, or, you know, like we're launching obviously home and auto, right? Just like I know that this system will work because it is actually a system in place, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, so you, you mentioned masterminds that you're in. So is there any particular? Is it just like a group and a group of people, or is it an organized thing? What, like, and how long have you been doing? Uh, that? Do you know what? To be honest with you, there are a bunch of things that I belong to, and some of them are organized. Some of them are not really organized. And I used to be, you know, when I started in the business, you're part of BNI for five years, and then you know I just didn't have the time to do it because of the time commitment more than anything else. But I'm constantly, you know, networking and part of various groups. And, and you know, a lot of them may not be in any way finance related. They may be just, you know, marketing groups. Like I prefer to be probably more in marketing because I think that our business is, you know, 90% is marketing. So some informal, just more or less if I find it's like-minded individuals. That's probably key, you know, so I don't really worry about it's formal or informal, but it just I, I want to make sure who are the people, who, what is the network, and if there are synergies, and are they like-minded. It's, it's key for me. That's really what I look for. Right, okay. Uh, do you have a morning routine that you use to kind of get your day going? Uh, do you know what? I used to have a pretty good morning routine uh, most mornings, except, you know, and now I have a son, so I got a son like, who's basically turning two in August, and that really changed my morning routine, and, and my morning routine quite often dependent. He has a bit of say in your morning routine, how it all goes down, He right? definitely has, a, I would say, quite a bit of say in my morning routine, because it depends when he wakes up and what he wants to do, and depends when he goes to bed as well, so... 
certainly things that you could do before have changed. And I'm lucky he goes to Montessori when you have a nanny. So that really helps. But still, you know, it, it's, it's quite unpredictable. So even if I say, I'm going to wake up and do this early in the morning, I just know that my time quite often is taken by him. And then when he's in Montessori, then I actually really can start my day too. So it has changed quite a bit. And, uh, you know, it changed for the bad. I wouldn't change anything in the world. It's an incredible experience, but I don't know if I can share my morning routine right now, you know. Okay, that's all right. It's survive right now. That's the... It is survive. It is correct. It's survive and get things done when my son is at school, but he's in Montessori, right? Okay. So one of the things I've also noticed talking to mortgage brokers is there's kind of three parts to your business. There's leads, there's team and systems. So you'd mentioned to me how your team is structured on the lead side. So where does the majority of your business come from? Because I have been in the business for a long time, our biggest referral source is our past clients. So would it be they coming back themselves, buying, you know, refinancing, buying a new home, buying multiple properties or wherever else? And then also realtors. So our number one basically is our past clients. Our number two is realtors. And then basically financial planners, accountants, and bookkeepers. And some people who have larger networks, so influencers, they're also referrals. So that's, in a nutshell, where most of our business is coming from. And has that changed at all, like the mix over the past like year or two? You know what, to be honest with you, it probably has because, you know, the larger my database of clients, obviously the larger they, you know, more referrals coming from them. And if you do something right, that's probably the way it should be. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, nourish my, you know, realtor network. And, you know, I'm fortunate that I have, I know, you know, incredible realtors in my surroundings and they refer to me and I feel the same way that I can refer back to them. You know, same thing with financial planners, the same thing with insurance people, accountants, bookkeepers. You know, just those are the people that I would say, you know, so I find the longer I'm in the business, definitely more and more of a business is coming from past clients. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's what it seems to be as your business matures. It kind of goes from outside to inside. Now, how do you keep track of all this? So you've got a your mortgage business, you've got an underwriter, you've got a fulfillment person, leads come in. So how are you keeping track of this so that nothing falls through the cracks? Uh, do you know what, to be honest, you would do have a system uh, where people basically, you know, when the lead comes in, we track it and we basically make sure that we enter it and make sure that, you know what, at the end of the day, it is in our system and we know that somebody has responded and we have, like, if the lead comes in, we have a person who's responding to it, who's taking the lead, who's talking to the client and then basically the underwriter takes it out and then basically once the, you know, documents are, you know, and, and, and it's approved, then basically, you know, the fulfillment person takes it on and then the closing, like, we have the person, you know, that sends baskets and things like that to our clients and thank you notes from realtors. We usually, you know, include realtors and things like that. So, you know, there is a system in place as well. We've been pretty fortunate. So far, we've been quite good at, you know, tracking things and it seems like the system is working. I but think- what software are you using? To, is there a, are you using like a Google Sheet? Is there a software you use so that your team knows where everybody's at? We do use it, I believe, so it is a Google Sheet because I am not the person responsible for it. My partner, Jonathan, is, and I think that's what he's using because they track everything to know who's the referral, where it came from, and so on. Right, right, and, and where the and status and all that stuff. Yeah, right. That is correct. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because okay. there are multiple people working on files, so anytime you can kind of log in and see who's working, who's doing what, and what needs to be done, right? And so do you have like one underwriter and one fulfillment person, or do you have like a, a group of them, or how does that work? 
So basically for my personal business, for my book of business, I have one underwriter, one fulfillment person, and then I have sort of like a, so to speak, a relationship management person. For the team, for our brokerage, we actually have a group of underwriters and our agents can send to them. Some of them work with them, you know, like all their business goes to the specific underwriter or like they usually prefer to have one underwriter that they know they refer to. Sometimes when people are away on vacation or they busy or whatever, whatever, they can refer and it's per deal, like on per deal basis. Uh, but we do have a group for our team as well. And we do have sort of a fulfillment person that our team can use if they want to. So some of our agents will say, I'll underwrite my own deals, but I would like for you to, you know, for instance, get the documents right and all that. Or some people say, I just want you to get my compliance in place and all that. So, you know, it's we do have support team for our, uh, our agents, right? That seems, seems to be becoming more popular just because you have to focus so much on the sales that the underwriting is a whole other, and it's getting complicated. It's even a whole other business, like learning the that lender side of it. So how long have you guys offered this? And that's relatively new, actually. Like we've had support for our agents for years. Like, I mean, probably I mean, seven, eight years where somebody would, they can call in and somebody can package, help them package the deal and, you know, look into the deal and file logics and structure it and tell them where to send it and even sometimes call the underwriters and so on. But this is basically something we started, I know, relatively speaking, it's our second year doing this. And I definitely find that once our agents try it, like even they try it per deal, they see the value. They will go out quite often. Like they've tried, let's say, for three to six months, and they sometimes will just find a full-time assistant now, right? Mm-hmm. So they have actually underwriter. So, But they would usually say, okay, I'd like to see what it feels like. And I say, well, why don't you try and, and send, you know, not every deal, but maybe some of your deals. And once they do, they just like, oh my God, I want an assistant now. I mean, I can't believe how, you know, my life has changed. It's amazing and all of that, right? Right, right. That's awesome. And then, yeah, because I, I see more and more business models that seem to have some sort of, you pay extra, but there's more services that you can get. Correct. Oh, absolutely. You know what? I, I personally think that it's great. Like, I personally think that it's fantastic if you have an assistant. If you're doing certain volume, like I understand if you're a brand new agent, you know, and, and sometimes it's easy if you find the leads and you refer to an underwriter if there's some sort of a structure like that, because it's quite, I mean, it is a lot more complex to get the deals done right now. So you do need support one way or the other, either somebody supporting you, you know, or you just say, I want to go out, find the leads, send them to my office, to the underwriter or whatever, whatever. I mean, it's, you can, I tell people, there is no such thing as I can hire an underwriter if I'm doing $20 million, I'm doing $50 million, I'm a brand new person, right? It, it really, the mindset and where you're coming from and what do you want it to do, that's really what matters. What is the best business advice you've ever received? I had a privilege of spending a week with Richard Branson on Necro Island. How did you hook that up? Through a network. So, as, I mean, as I mentioned, I do know a number of people in the, you know, not in the industry, but overall quite connected. And just through my connection, I was able to do that. You know, I would say two things that I've learned and I've sort of have been following and doing on my own. It was nice to kind of get a sort of reassurance that what I'm doing is the right thing, considering, you know, he's worth $5 billion plus is you're always going to be in the room where you're like, you know, the dumbest person, so to speak. So everybody else is way smarter. So you are learning and surrounding yourself with people who are definitely, you know, going places. And then second advice that he gave me is you have to have a system. And once you have a system for one industry, one business, you can duplicate it and model that and take it into any other industry. And, you know, don't believe if somebody else tells you otherwise. So those are the things that I've learned from Richard Branson, and those are the things that I'm probably going to say I I believe in it, and it's nice to kind of get their reassurance or information. So were there other any like famous people at the island when you were there? 
I mean, you know, there are a bunch of people who are, you know, and a majority of them are American. So mm-hmm. I, I could say, you know, some of them, but it wouldn't really make any any difference. You wouldn't know who they were, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly, exactly. It was just... I was trying to get you to name drop. Oh, whatever. It's all good. Don't worry about it. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> can you share one thing about yourself you can't find on Google? Um, the one thing about myself, I, I would say that I was an exchange student in the States. Not sure if, you know, many people know. And then the second one, I love to travel. So some of the people who are around me know that, but I've done about 70 countries plus. So, wow. you know. And what, so you're, you have an accent. So what's your, what other language do you speak? I'm Ukrainian. So I was born in Ukraine. Obviously, I'm fluent in Ukrainian and Russian, but, you know, I studied like German and Latin when I was in school. And obviously, you know, English, you can hear my accent, right? But, you know, but I'm, I'm Ukrainian by birth. Okay, so these are rapid-fire questions. You can answer these with shorter answers if you like. What's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? You know what? I would tell you between us, just their own egos probably, and and that I know it best, and nobody else can really do it better than I do. And that's a challenge where I find sometimes, like hiring an assistant, hiring an underwriter, you know, will change your life forever, ever, ever, and ever, even if it's a part-time basis. Just the best thing they'll do. That's in my opinion, seeing what happens to our own agents, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. And what's the one thing or habit you think has made you successful? Basically, to be honest, you're getting things done as they come. So I prefer to get it, not putting it away to tomorrow, but basically getting it done. And sometimes it could be, you know, one in the morning, but I'm like, I am going to get it done because I want to have a clean slate tomorrow. And tomorrow might just, you know, it piles up again. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I've done, you know, just, I, and I have very difficulty working with people who say, all till tomorrow, it's on my list of things to do and uh, you know if really you have a list prioritize and get it done get most important things out of the way because I find I have difficulty sleeping if I don't get things done it just you know I don't like to have to do lists I like to get them done and then go to bed right I can tell you're a high energy person just from talking to you like do you run because you seem like you'd be the type of person who would run fast do you know I do not run that's one thing I don't do I play tennis I play golf I bike you know I walk I do not run. I am not a runner. So okay. people ask me that all the time, and I'm going to say I am not a runner. I do yoga, you know, but not running. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Uh, do you know I'm currently reading the book that actually Gary sent me in the mail, The Compound Effect by uh, Darren Hardy, and I actually find it to be fascinating. It's fantastic. A lot of good nuggets, and I would say that, you know what, if somebody's looking for a book, that's what I am currently reading, and I would say take that book, you know, and read it as well. Yeah, my wife and I both read it. We were like, it's just a good book around not just business, but life in general. Correct, correct. Yeah, that's what I find. So it's like, a, you know, just a book that on things that people can definitely use no matter what industry you're in or what are you doing in life, right? No matter what you're doing in life. So last question. Remember, the, have you ever seen the movie Back to the Future? No, I have not. Oh, you're the first person out of all. It should be a prize. It should be like, beep, beep, beep. Like, uh, it should be balloons and surprises. Like, something amazing should happen because you're like, out of 160 people, you're the first person who said, no, I haven't seen that movie. And actually, I thought you might say that. So there's this movie and there's a car and you can get in it and travel in time. So if I could, the idea is I put you in the car, send you back to 10 years ago when you're starting out in your mortgage business and you could sit down and you could be like, Sarah, these three things you must do. What would you say to yourself? Uh, do you know what I would say to myself? Really, you know, when it really gets tough, just keep on going because you know what? It's going to be really exciting where you're going to be. And I've written actually a letter to myself. It's funny you asked me that question 10 years ago. And if you actually, you know, I could have probably gone through and, and picked up some bits and pieces from it. But it was more or less, you know what, that it's not going to be easy, but um, it's definitely going to be rewarding. And you've got to keep on going because like where I am today, and I can imagine only where I'm going to be 10 years from now, right? Like, I mean... You're going to own your own island, and I'm going to come visit you guys, you know, we'll be... <laughs> Absolutely, you're always welcome, always, always welcome. Okay, so you basically keep going, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Anything else that you'd say to yourself? 
just have fun with it, you know, have fun with it and enjoy the journey, right? Like you sometimes focus on destination, but we forget that, you know what, like my son is growing and, you know, the day is beautiful and, you know what, we are lucky to live in the best country in the world and all these amazing things. And sometimes we focus on, you know, the negative things or the little things that, you know, don't make sense. But, you know, the journey is beautiful and it's incredible and it's, you know, we're blessed to be awake and, you know, alive and, and, and have everything we have, you know, and just amazing, right? So that's what I would say. Awesome. Well, so where can people find you online, Sarah? People can find me online, basically, Sarah Makamet on my Facebook, you know, on my Twitter. Um, you know, people can just reach out to me, have questions, anything I can help with, anything I can answer. I'm always, always available, and I'm always, you know, open to helping, suggesting, and letting people go to the next level. If I can do it, it'd be my pleasure and my honor, to be honest. Right. So anybody listening, we got links, show notes, everything that we talked about. Sarah, I really appreciate your time. I can tell you have a ton of energy. And 10 years from now, you're going to be doing whatever bajillions of dollars in mortgages. And uh, I hope you keep crushing it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate for having me. It's such an honor and blessing. And I am really grateful for you considering me for this. And I certainly be in touch. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.